going by the rules that I've been told The more understanding of what's around me And protected from the walls of love All that you see is me And all I truly believe That I was born to try I've learned to Welcome everyone to the latest Bolt from the Blue podcast. You must be as excited as I am. Uh, all the guys are as well. It, the, it was an incredible moment and I'm so looking forward to this podcast because Bernard was actually there. Bernard was there. He can tell you all about the transport issues. He can tell you all about the atmosphere. But before we get into this, Let's introduce the two guys. So first of all, we've got Ray. Ray, it's been a difficult time for you. How are you coping? I'm all right, mate. I'm all right. You know, obviously, uh, uh, if you haven't heard, my mum passed away at, um, the night after City won the Champions League final uh, in the early hours of uh, Sunday morning. And um, I'd said something a few weeks ago where, you know, my mum had... You know, the guys who watch me on the channel have known I've been. At, I was out in Qatar when she was taken in on the holiday in March, and um, you know she'd been written off and she'd been written off a few times. And you know they said she uh, she wouldn't last through May. And she she was there for when we won the league title. She's not a big City fan, but she supports obviously me, and uh, and, and she hates United. Right? <laughs> who doesn't? So I said she she got through that. They wrote her off, wrote her off before the FA Cup final. I think she's not going to last, and she made it. And they wrote her off before the Champions League. She made it through it. I said, I actually said, I mean, it sounds a bit silly, but my mum will not die before the Champions League final. She will be there when we win the Champions League final. And then I expect this to, I thought she would go the same night, uh, but you know, she was there. I read it. Can you hear that? Yeah. I can hear that. I can hear that. <laughs> well, did you hear that? The world, I yeah. Did. Well, the South Americans are rubbish, so yeah, of course we are. Bless <laughs> him in the land and all the world. All the world. It comes well, to eventually, guys, isn't it? We've been, we've been singing it since the uh, God knows when. I can't even remember when we first sung that song, but uh, it had to come true eventually. Well, guys, there's another beautiful angel that has passed in uh, to the afterlife, and uh, I am absolutely sure. I mean, this is my, my personal faith, but. I'm absolutely sure that we will see her again. But um, moving on, let's talk about Bernard. Oh, Bernard, you were know. there. You were there, Bernard. Yeah, I was trembling, mate, over the tremble. That, that's, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, certainly that last five minutes when everything seemed to be sort of, someone was looking down at us and say it certainly wasn't Ray's mum at that stage. That was the next day. But so the footballing gods were kind to us, I think, uh, uh, the last five minutes, I think we deserved it. I, mean, I think we deserved that little bit of luck. And you need, as we've said all along, these cup competitions, 
you, you know, you need a little bit of luck along the way. And yes, uh, but overall, thoroughly deserved and a great night. As I say, we'll probably talk. I don't want to, we don't want to drone on too much about the uh, Gary well, James. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute, James. Bernard. Yeah, Gary wait James. a minute. We're we're not we're not finished with you because um, every city fan who was not there as you were, uh, we were watching all of the pictures that were being shared on 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 social media. You had uh, the guys out there like uh, Cheeseman and uh, John Baker and and Presswich uh, Prestige Car Repairs, uh, uh, basically throwing these photographs out at us and. Uh, they were uh, talking about the whole atmosphere. Uh, tell us a little bit about the build-up to the game, Bernard. Yeah, I mean, City fans were in abundance all over the place, mainly in the big centres. Uh, a lot arrived on the Wednesday, Thursday. Uh, we didn't get there till the Friday quite late, so we didn't have a chance to, at that time of night, uh, it was a bit much to start strolling around trying to find a bar. We just wanted to get to bed at that stage, but uh, lots, lots of stuff posted. Lots, we could hear it in the night. I mean, we were trying to, it was about three in the morning, uh, just before the, the old speakers went with one of the calls to prayer about half four in the morning, right opposite where we were, which was well, about three o'clock. You're still hearing city songs in the distance and it, it just fantastic atmosphere. And I want to pay tribute to the Milan fans as well because. Uh, I've not seen anything on, on Twitter. I've not heard anything from all the guys I know. Uh, as far as I can see, uh, they took defeat gracefully as well. They were just a good set of fans. And we, we hear horror stories, don't we, about the Italian fans especially. We've probably played, you know, we have we've not played them competitively, of course, uh, into internationally before. But no, I'm going to give them credit as well because, you know, the City fans were superb. And especially in the ground, the Milan fans were super, absolutely superb as well. The Inter fans were absolutely superb as well. And uh, it's one of those nights where, if if there was animosity, uh, you could you could virtually walk around the ground. So if there was animosity, it, it could have been nasty because UEFA wouldn't have done anything to stop it because they're not they weren't prepared for that. But fortunately, both sets of fans, especially the City fans and the, of course the international internationally fans, there's no trouble from any. Usually, get little pockets of Turkish fans perhaps turning up for trouble, but I didn't sense any of that anywhere whatsoever. Uh, and all thanks to the fans for making it what it was and saying nothing to do with UEFA. It could have it could have turned nasty if things hadn't worked out quite right. I'm hoping the City fans would have been as gracious in defeat, and I'm sure we would have been uh, if it had been the other way around. And, and overall, it was a, a wonderful experience for the City fans out there and hopefully, well, even to watch at home, it's, it's just a wonderful experience for everybody concerned. Well, let's play Mythbusters. Let me ask the, the two guys if this was true or not, because obviously watching watching it on a Turkish live stream out here in South Korea, um, I read and I, I think I saw also that the... Um, the Champions League anthem was played by a guy on a piano, and hey, they, um, cheated. they cheated us. We were caught. We were caught short there. We had. We did. We didn't even know it was the anthem, so we couldn't even. We didn't have a chance to boo it. That was the problem. <laughs> and that was the thing. Everyone was like, there were there were two um, opinions about this, Ray. Um, either the city fans booed it, um, as we read, like in the Guardian and the Telegraph, and those like the, those awful scribes. Or they didn't, and um, I'm not exactly sure what happened. D d does any of you guys know? I, mean, I think I think the the message from Pep or, or the boys uh, was to not boo it this time, was to 
you know, to enjoy it this time. And so I think there were, you know, if, if I'd have been there, I, pro I probably wouldn't have booed it, be, you know, this time because there'd been a direct uh, request not to do that. So, um, but I, I still don't hold it against any fan. You want to boo, you want to boo these yeah. beggars. Boo them. As I said, I, I think the main problem, not a problem, the problem was uh, they, they snuck it through. It was a lot slower paced thing. So I think most fans didn't relate to it until near the end, and then there's a few little boos and, and a try of a Poznan and stuff like that. But it was it was all badly done because they totally fooled us by not playing the normal anthem, which were the soul sort of tuned in. I, I I honestly think probably most of the city fans would have booed them at the ordinary anthem. I think we were just I don't think city fans would. We don't take kindly being told what to do. We know that, whether it's right or wrong. We don't like uh, Gundogan or coming out and or Pep saying, don't do it. We we don't like being told what to do. But I think most City fans were quiet because we are just totally confused. And so, hey, at the end of the day, it worked out okay. Well, it wasn't a boo and it wasn't anything else. It was, they snuck it in. Well, well done, UEFA. You did something right anyway, not on the night. Well, Ray, I, I don't know... Um... You were probably watching a different uh, um, a broadcast than I did, but um, in the in the Turkish stream that I was watching, um, there was a lot of focus on Salt Bay. You know that guy, the guy that um, kind of like interrupted the the World Cup and got his hands on the World Cup trophy, and uh, they had pictures of him outside. I don't know um, if you saw that, but. Did no. did he get his hands on the trophy again? No, I I I, I didn't see him with his hands on the trophy, uh, but I mean I don't know. He's taking it a bit too far, uh, having that plonker uh, everywhere. You know, it's nice. it, it 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 doesn't uh, doesn't wet my wick uh, watching him uh, turning up and throwing his salt and you know holding the trophies. I don't know why they they bow down to him and bend bend down for this fella. Uh, just get on with the get on with the football. Unless you got Beyonce there, we don't care. Get on with the footy. Well, uh, uh, Bernard, there was um, uh, from what I saw, there was quite like um, some kind of uh, sexy Latin dancing and stuff like that going on in the pre-match show. Did you get a look at that? Well, we saw it from a distance. Yeah, it's a big, the big. Obviously, it's not classed as a running track now. They've tried to make it a little bit closer, but it's still, still basically a, a running track away to the to the actual football pitch. But uh, we saw a lot of gyrating going around. But uh, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't top of our agenda. We just wanted to get them off, get them off, and uh, sorry, not get them off, get them off, get them off, get them off the burn it, burn it. One, one thing I did notice, though, I mean, there's a rule, uh, there's a definite rule that I, I read, again, UEFA, that you're not supposed to take banners in over two metres by one and a half. Now, you can't tell me those Milan flags were less than that, that they had in their end. They had a drum, of course, I think I could hear that occasionally. Uh, so, I mean, are the rules slightly different for every other team? Is it just bent depending on which teams are in the final? Because there's no way they measured two metres by one and a half. They've got to be at least three metres tall by about two metres wide or something like that. So uh, I was a bit perplexed as to, because obviously there's, there's, there's obviously banners in the city end, but they were all reasonably sized like the Union flags and stuff like that. And, you know, I only saw a few on the on the front. But uh, yeah, obviously you wait for again. Obviously, depending who it is, they, they bend the rules to, to suit, don't they? But uh, yeah, I just wanted them to get on with the game. Um, get less of the dancing and prancing. It wasn't that bad, actually. It didn't seem to go on for that long. So 
it was it was okay. It wasn't as good as our night show, our light shows at the Etihad, but they were far, they were far more entertaining. But uh, thankfully, they didn't seem to go on for that long. Well, Bernard and Ray, and um, what did you think of the Inter support, and how did that uh, compare uh, with uh, from what you saw, Ray? Um, what did you think about their their fans and and, and the support that they gave? Well, I think like Bernard said, this you know their, their, their fans were pretty decent. I've not heard any uh, had any trouble uh, on the night. Uh, I think probably more trouble from City fans than uh, Inter fans. And as Bernard has already, uh, it's a, uh, I'm going to reiterate what Bernard has said. They took defeat with good grace, you know, and the stories of uh, Inter fans, you know, going back to the city with City fans and uh, and being, um, I think they were overall quite content I and mean, if you can be content with a defeat because everybody had written them off people were talking about them they're going to get spanked by four or five and they put on a, a daz not dazzling but a, a very uh, dour solid display and you know they had, they had plenty of chances as well to get their own goals and um, so i think the the, the inter fans would have been extremely proud and satisfied yeah. with the way their team played so, so so actually you had two sets of happy fans um so it's a credit to the majority the vast majority of city fans who were well behaved and the vast majority of inter fans are exactly the same so credit to the fans well let's go over to bernard uh for bernard's uh, typical uh section let's talk about the lineups now we're gonna first of all talk about manchester city now here we go guys we had Ederson. Akanji, Diaz, Ake, uh, John Stones, Johnny Stones, Johnny Stones, uh, Rodri, Bernardo Silva, uh, Kevin De Bruyne obviously didn't last too long. Gunduan, who personally, I mean, you guys are going to argue with me about this, but I thought he was kind of anonymous. Uh, Jack Grealish, he had a lot of fun after the game. And then <laughs> Erling, Erling Haaland. So, um, all right, let's go to Bernard first. About the lineup, any thoughts, Bernard? Oh, spot on, mate. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna quibble over that. That was my eleven, so I was uh, happy that uh, my team, my team won. Simple as that, because I, I picked that like Pep. I think, I think most of us thought that the only pe- people with a possible chance of getting in it were Walker and Foden, with an outside chance of Mares. And on the end of the, at the end of the day, Pep stuck to his tried and tested that Wonsaki was 100 percent fit. There's obviously a lot of doubts over whether KDB sort of started this game, but there's, uh, I mean, it would have been an absolute, uh, you know, surprise if he hadn't, even though he wasn't fully fit. They're hoping to get him through 60, 70 minutes probably and hopefully win the game with him on the pitch. But as we've found out since, this niggle he's got is a hammy problem and he's had it for a couple of months, which, you know, which did surprise me. But having said that, the last couple of months, perhaps he's. He, it's not been what he was just after the World Cup when he was tremendous, when he was all over the pitch. But from from, from what I remember, he wasn't dragging him off too many games. Near you know, he was playing full games, and yet he's had this hamstring problem. But he's having him playing ninety minute games, and perhaps that's how keen and desperate Pep was in a way to to keep him on the pitch to win the games, which was very important. We had that great run, of course, in in the league and in the FA Cup and and the Champions League. We we got through a couple of draws. Well, yeah, that team was spot on. And, yeah, we can argue whether KDB should have been on the pitch. But I think it was probably the right decision trying to get as much out of him as we could. Well, Ray, how, how about you? Did you 
Did you raise one of those handsome eyebrows uh, when you saw that team? Uh, only in uh, self-congratulation. <laughs> uh, like like Bernard, we probably I think most people would have got ten. You know, um, I think I would have preferred Foden to start instead of Grealish. But I, I think I said before the game that I expected Pep to stick with Grealish, um, and the only one of contention was going to be defence, whether Walker was going to start at right back or Stonesy, whether Aki was going to start or a, a, potentially a Kanji. I think that's that's it. So. I think anybody who got 11, you had a 50-50 chance of getting 11. Um, but I think most people would have got 9. All right, guys. Well, let's take a look at the uh, the Inter lineup. Now, I have to tell you, you know, I was watching this uh, game with um, a couple of female students. And <laughs> they, 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 did, they did mention that Inter looked like um, a combative, aggressive, manly-looking team. Let's take a look at them. So we had uh, Onana in goal. Uh, Darmian, that used to play for Man United, I think. Um, uh, Acerbi, uh, the, 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 the guy with the, the, the grown-out beard. Bastoni. And then one player that a lot of people are talking about is Denzel Dumfries. And then Barella, uh, the guy that shoots over the bar. Uh, Brozovic, uh, he's a masculine fella. I'll tell you that. Uh, Kalanoglu, uh, DeMarco, that's the guy with the uh, the dyed uh, blonde hair, right, guys? And then, uh, you uh, quite interestingly, they went for Dzeko with uh, uh, Lartero uh, Martinez, the, the, the bull. Uh, it's quite interesting who they left, uh, like, on the bench. I mean, they left uh, Mkhitaryan. They brought him on later. Skriniar who everyone was wanting to buy like um, a couple of years ago. Lukaku, um, uh, that, that giant, and also Handanovic. And I seem to remember, uh, guys, a couple of years ago, they were saying he was the best, uh, the best goalkeeper in the world at the time. Uh, Ray, what did you reckon of uh, how Inter Milan lined up? Yeah, it was a decent lineup. Um, you know, there's, um, I think, one or two players you might have thought could start, but this is all, all 11 can start. It was a decent side, um, you know, probably one of the best sides they could put out with the players that were fit and available. So, uh, but I, I, I rarely look too much, I rarely look too much at the opposition. It depends who you're playing. If we play in Liverpool, I'll have a look at their, their, their team, um, maybe Arsenal. That's it. I'm not bothered, honestly. I don't. Worry too much about who's on the other team. I know who the players are, so it doesn't make that much difference to me who's there. Okay. And I just know if we play at our, our top level, it doesn't matter. Uh, Bernard, it, it was a good referee, wasn't it? They 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 say that he's the the best referee in the world at the moment. Uh, this is the, the this guy called uh, I think his name is uh, Marciniak. He he was he seemed to be quite fair, didn't he? Well, yeah, till about the last ten minutes when the till the, goal, till, the, till the last ten minutes. Yeah, when their goalkeeper was nicking ten or fifteen yards at every three kick, and uh, nothing was being done about it. It was being allowed to move the ball ten or fifteen, and the referee was sort of running up the pitch to get in position, turn his back to play, and obviously the the keeper was nicking ten or fifteen yards. So yes, apart from the last five or ten minutes where 
he uh, he sort of just ignored certain things, it allowed them a little bit of an advantage in that last uh, hectic five or ten minutes. Yeah, yeah. He's one of these referees that likes himself. He, he, he likes who he is. I think he was he six bookings, six or seven bookings on the night, so he didn't go mad. But I don't think it was a dirty, you know, for, if you think back to the Sevilla game with uh, Roma, <laughs> you know, obviously a lot of a lot of fans were expecting that. And it certainly wasn't that. Again, as we credited the internationally fans, uh, credit, credit the manager and the team. It never really turned into that sort of thing, did it? Any stage, certainly. I say I've not watched the game back, but from memory, I don't think it did. And, uh, yeah, I think they set up to do a job and it nearly, nearly worked. It nearly worked. He had a, he had a strong team physically out there. They weren't going to press us. They weren't going to put us under too much pressure, uh, uh, high up the pitch. They were going to, going to soak up. And I think most of us expected that. And I thought the referee, yeah, generally did an okay job as he did against Real Madrid in that game we played where he, he it was all about him, but it, it was, it was a, put it this way. It was, it was kind to both teams. It was a, it was bad to both teams. It, you know, it's but at least he doesn't favour anyone. He, he's, he's just as bad for both. So that'll do for me. Ray, there was um, uh, in the early stages a couple of a couple of um, quite sharp chances, and I, I I thought probably the best one was that one from um, Bernardo Silva. They just kind of curled yeah. slightly round the bar. That 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 looked to me to be our best chance. What what did you think? Probably probably was in the early stages, wasn't it? Um, you know, look, I, I, I would just say I thought again some of our players were nervous, mm-hmm. and it, I think it showed. With um, we, we had the chances, we had chances to score, and we were. I can't even say the word. You might have to say it for me, uh, Mike. Perfigulate. Uh, you know what I mean. We, we were good. Profligate, I can't even say it. Um, thank Profligate, you. okay. Profligate, I put my teeth back in now. Um, we, we were wasteful with our chances. and It's one of those things, you know, if we'd got that early goal, I think we do blast into, into the middle of next week. You know, they'd be still orbiting the earth. If we'd scored a, an early goal, I think we'd have battered them. And people would have been talking about, you know, one of the most one-sided uh, Champions League humiliations uh, since... Barcelona embarrassed Man United and humiliated them a few years ago. So, but hey, look, it weren't to be. You know, I think our nerves got the better of us, and we fluffed a, a couple of uh, opportunities so where I think we should have done a little better. But hey, you know, um, you, yeah, it's easy to look back. It's easy to look back now and say, you know, I can forgive the guys for being a bit nervous. Uh, I think at the time you think, what are you doing? What are you doing? You know, get you get your act together. You shouldn't be this, and it's true. You shouldn't be this nervous. And I'm hoping now, now that we've got over the line, next time this, you know, we come into something like this in the cauldron, that uh, we'll be less nervous and we'll be more able to sh- show what we've got. Bernard, um, a couple of sharp chances for Erling Haaland, but they, they, to be honest with you, from my point of view. Uh, they were difficult angles, I think, and I think that that, that uh, the commentators were being a little bit harsh on him. Uh, yeah, I mean the first one. I think the very first one he had it very early doors. Was, he was just offside, wasn't he? But again, KDB had played a, a nice ball, and he did it again, didn't he? I think it was the. I've got it down here as the twenty seventh minute when I don't. I just thought he could have done better. I just thought Anana was positioned. 
as you'd expect an Arnold Smith position. It was a great through ball from KDB. Mm-hmm. And I, I just personally, I'd have to agree with the commentators that you you listened to. I thought Haaland, as, as Ray said, he was probably nervous. He's, he's on a poor run. You know, he needs a goal to score a goal. You say in the old days with his backside and stuff like mm-hmm. this, just to just to break this run. He's on a bad run. He's one in seven. It's now one in eight. And he, again, he lacks a little bit of confidence for me in that position. He, he had a great chance to of putting his foot through it. Uh, his better foot, you know, he's on it. He's on his uh, stronger foot. And I thought he should have made Anana work a little bit harder. So really, on a on a quietish first half, uh, that that was really one of the key chances that we had and uh, I think apart from an Akanji attempt uh, into injury time of the first half which was well over uh, that was our best chance and, and perhaps he, he should have done a little bit better with it and, and their chances just came from uh, a couple of errors from us uh, and at one stage you talk about international and Ray talks about the nerves but I watched it back and on 26 minutes Pep's actually pleading with the players just to relax because yeah. they were they were nervous wrecks. He could, he if, if, if only he could yeah. relax, Bernard. Well, this is it, but he's, he's the manager. He can say what he wants. But the players, the players were. I mean, it was it was where Edison was caught. I think he passed it. it missed. I went. I think he went through stones, and the guy tried a long range effort, and obviously it was nowhere near. It was nearer the corner flag. But you know, at that stage, he could have been one nil up because we just, you know, we weren't playing the football, which we could have done. And international weren't weren't pressing us that much in our half of the box, and yet we're playing silly balls. So, yeah, we missed. I think Harlan missed a really good chance. That would have settled us down. Uh, and Inter, obviously, had a, had a couple of opportunities. Well, I, well, I was going to say, Mike, I'll tell you who would have put a better effort in, someone that used to play for us. And I used to say this a few seasons ago, someone who I generally think, most of the time, actually tried to put the ball, place the ball, Rather than just leather it, and that David was for, Silva. No, Ferran Torres. Ferran Torres used to try and play, generally place the ball, and too many players just leather it and say, "Well, I got it on target," and that's what Harlan tried to leather it just on target, and <coughs> excuse me, he hit it straight at the keeper, and he didn't have much power, so it was a pretty poor shot. Well, uh, uh, Bernard, how did you think um, Inter were lining up? Because I tell you what. They looked um, right on the press. They looked aggressive. They looked uh, combative. <coughs> they didn't let City get into any comfortable rhythms. I thought, um, you know, the younger Inzaghi was doing quite a good job there. He did. I mean, as I say, a lot, a lot of because of City's uh, nerves, which you fully expect. We lost one of these Champions League finals with, with a. You know the odds on by a long way favourites to win this. There's a lot. Of, there was a lot of pressure on us. Inzaghi, he knows his team. He knows his players. I say they didn't. They didn't press us high up the pitch. But certainly when it, when it got into their half, uh, there was certainly plenty of numbers. We knew they were going to put five or six in midfield because that that's one of their traits anyway. And full credit to him. I mean, I think he would have gone in at half time being totally happy with with that performance because I said City. City were, were tentative that first half, and I think I think uh, on points, on punches, I think I think City probably had a more chances. Although obviously by the end of the game we hadn't, but I think that first half we probably did. But if you if you in it was a boxing ring. I mean, they were certainly certainly blocking everything, and we weren't man- we weren't managing to land many punches. And, and they were at the halfway stage. Yeah, yeah, nil nil, thoroughly deserved. Well, Ray, they um, 
as combative and, and hostile and, and, and aggressive as as Inter were, they were not. I, I can tell you this. I don't even need to ask your opinion. They were not <laughs> offering very much uh, going forward. But but Ray, the the key moment I think of the first half was uh, Kevin De Bruyne going off, and yeah. um, uh, and actually, Ray, I'm going to ask you a controversial question. Um, a lot of uh, guys on social media, when Kevin De Bruyne went off and Phil Foden replaced him. A lot of people were saying, thank God for that, because he didn't look mobile. He didn't look himself. And uh, people were, were looking forward, actually, to Phil Foden replacing him. Ah, that's a bit harsh, I think. Um, because the thing about KDB, he's had this problem for, for a couple of months. And he staggered through. And he's got some cracking goals. Um, do you remember the first goal we scored against Arsenal? Yeah. You know, he drove through. And he put an unbelievable shot. He just hit it early, killed it around the keeper. So he's been doing some incredible stuff, even though he's had this um, this problem, uh, which is, you know, you think to yourself, blimey, he's done reasonably well at the end of the season. Some games were fantastically well. And he's been hampered by this injury. What could he have done if he wasn't um, hampered by this? What could he have done if he was fully fit? So he, he has this ability to get these moments of magic. So... Um, you know, you you want him to stay on the pitch because he can he can do something up, he can make something happen out of nothing. Um, having said that, Phil Foden's a cracking player, and I think Phil Foden is slowly getting back into a bit of form. Um, you know, I thought it was Ross uh, McCormick, but whether he played start of the game or um, Jack Grealish, uh, and Grealish got got the call. So, you know, one hand, I'm disappointed that KDB had to go off after 35 minutes. But on the other hand, I'm um, happy with what the, the fact that we had someone of the calibre of Phil Foden to come on and replace him and play that attacking midfield role, which we know he's destined to play at some, at some point uh, down the line. Well, I I, I don't know. I, I'm in slight disagreement uh, with uh, Ray there, Bernard, because um, I was happy to see um, Foden come on because he's so... Uh, lithe and lean and slim and fit and obviously you know uh, at, at, at the top of his uh, physical peak and uh, De Bruyne uh, all, uh, as amazing he is um, he was not on it really in that first half an hour and uh, I, I was uh, I was happy to see him um, actually come on but um, we slipped into half time at nil nil and um that's probably where you want to be in a Champions League final. You're not conceding. Maybe you haven't scored, but you're going in at halftime at nil-nil. But I tell you what, I expected a response, a big response after the the whistle, uh, Bernard. But we didn't get it because it, it seemed like um, it was actually Inter that were hungrier after uh, after the uh, the halftime whistle. I don't know what you thought. Yeah, it was a slow start again, I thought. And uh, the biggest chance, again, again, came in, into his way from, from an error, uh, from a kanji. I mean, we were actually watching it there. We, I, I, we don't know what the hell happened. I mean, a kanji Ray, just... Ray's, got, Ray's going to blame that on Ederson, though. <laughs> a kanji <laughs> just left it. Ederson was nowhere near the thing. So, I mean, we, we all... A kanji's had a fantastic season, but 
of course, uh, that that could have been a big, big, <laughs> big, big error that cost us dearly. Uh, fortunately, Edison got his, his his angles right again. Perhaps a player could have pulled it back to someone. I've not analysed it uh, back here and seen what there's anyone available for him to pull it back to. But that was that was 58 minutes. I mean, you know, so almost quarter an hour ago in that second half, we'd, I think we had plenty of the ball again. Yeah. Uh, but we weren't being very direct with it again. And that was the first big chance. And it came for, for Inter from, from a bad mistake from a Kanji. And to say Edison, Edison did what he had to do as a, as a good international goalkeeper and blocked it. But it was a bit of a let-off that uh, they didn't take advantage of. Come on, Ray, give us something. Give us something. Because, you know, there we are. You've got the boo. Lataro Martinez in against Ederson. And... Um, I thought that was a good piece of goalkeeping, I have to say. Yeah, it was a good save. <laughs> it was a good save. I can't knock l- it. L- l- listen to that understatement, Bernard. Oh, it's a good Just save. This way, he knew a bit more about that one and a couple of the others later on. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. It was a good save. But um, it, 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 it was good positioning and uh, it, was a, it was a fine block, Ray. Yeah, I'll go along with that. Would, would, would Ortega have done it? Yes. Yeah. Ortega would have probably done the same. And, oh, hang on, uh, hang on, hang on. Oh, he, he, here's a million-dollar question. Would Bernard Danita save that? Would you save that, Bernard? I would have been. I would have got it off his foot, mate. I would have got took off his toe. <laughs> <laughs> I've been out like a in our, in our days as goalkeepers. You didn't. You didn't look big. You just dived at the feet. You know, head first. It didn't matter. That's what he did. <laughs> And I bet you well, did his feet, got the ball and dribbled down to the Absolutely, mate. I would have thrown it half the pitch to Ireland and we would one nil up. <laughs> well, uh, uh, Ray, li- listen to this. Now, um, I-, I went through the various newspapers where they were giving the, you know, the scores out of 10 for every player. And um, I-, I think it was on the Independent and they give uh, Phil Foden 5 out of 10. Uh, yeah, I thought that he really injected some some real pace and energy into the game when he came on. Was I was I totally wrong about that? Absolutely, you're right. He did. You know, he had that. Oh, once. you're telling me I'm right for once, for once. Well, Mike, look, even a broken clock is right twice a day. But no, Phil Folden, he injected that pace. He always looks busy. He's always got that little bit. He's got that little bit extra to give. Now sometimes that works against you because he's too eager. Uh, he's a City fan uh, after all, but most of the time it works for you. And look, he, I'll be honest, he had a chance when we were one up. Uh, obviously, we're going to talk about the goal in a minute, but to score and he, sh- he actually should have scored. He, you know, I, I'd have put him. I'd have put money on if if I did put money on. I'd have put money on uh, him scoring because he was. It would have been and it would have been. Fabulous, wonderful, one of the best Champions League goals, you know, that would stood the test of time. Um, but um, I think overall, Phil had a decent game. I, I think, I actually think, it was one of our better performers. I'll tell you another thing that really annoyed me, uh, Bernard, was another player who got quite low scores in the ratings was Nathan Ake. I thought he was cool and composed and didn't put a foot wrong, basically. I, 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 I don't know if I'm wrong about that, but that was my impression. Yeah, it was a, it was a game where you couldn't say ever, someone was outstanding. But again, Aki, Aki was per, uh, what, perfectly fine. I mean, I rated him 7 out of 10, which is one of the highest scores on the night. Uh, you know, that's, that's adequate for me. I mean, the one that really annoyed me, and 
I didn't give KDB a mark because he wasn't on the pitch long enough. But I mean, the, the, the Simon Bukowski gave him four out of ten. I thought, well, just don't mark him, mate. Good God, he's he's obviously injured. He's played about bloody twenty five minutes. You know, how do you give someone four out of ten? But yeah, of all, of all the play, all the players, Aki, Aki. Defensively, I thought we were fine. Edison, as I said, yeah. uh, got in the way of two or three of them, which helped. But uh, yeah, uh, I have no qualms at all with anyone having a bad game against uh, Inter Milan. They were fantastic, uh, but they, they all did what they had to do in a, in, a, in very you know difficult circumstances, which is what it is. It's a big, big. They don't play. They don't play these games. You know, we play a lot of games, but we don't play these massive games week in, week out. Uh, and some of these guys played obviously in Porto a couple of years ago. That'll be on the memories. Uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have marked anyone down on that performance uh, for either team. I thought, I thought they, they all played very, very well. For it. and from a neutral point of view, which I've had spoke to a couple of guys who watched it who have no link with any of the teams, and, you know, United fans and other fans, and they, they said it was a quite enjoyable game. So I'll, I'll go with that. Well, I tell you what, we're well, well, we're coming, coming close to the end, but I. I'm going to try and spark an argument with uh, Ray because you know you know how much I I love to do that. Um, two players that I thought were magisterial, uh, Ray were uh, Ruben Diaz, Ruben Diaz and John Stones. Now Ruben Diaz, now I I watched him very closely. He uh, I thought he was absolutely magnificent. And John Stones, I don't know what Pep did with him. I don't know what what he just took the software out and 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 uh, and, and put new software in, but he is a, he's he's a new player. What do you reckon, Ray? Well, let's talk about Ruben Diaz. Um, he's been at City three seasons. He's won the title three times. He's not done bad, has he? Um, FA Cup. He's got Carabao Cup and a Champions League medal in his bag now. So he's, uh, he's had a good um, three years at City and. He's back showing the kind of form he showed in the first season at City. I think he dipped a bit last season. You can argue injuries and stuff uh, affected him. But I think this season he's been, uh, when he's been playing, he's, he's given that confidence. He's given that um, solidity at the back. Johnny uh, Stones, Johnny Stones is on another level. He's on another level right now. You know, he's, this season he's played centre back. He's played right back. He's played. Uh, centre midfield, defensive midfield. He's played like a, um, a sweeper. He's played a box-to-box midfielder. He's 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 done it all, hasn't he? Um, am I right? Was it this game that didn't he have like the most successful dribbles in the match? Was yes, it, it was. Uh, it, it was six successful dribbles, which was more than Messi actually. So yeah. So so well, Messi weren't playing, so that one had. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's true. That 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 is true. Johnny, Johnny, oh, come on, John Stones has six successful dribbles in the game, which is one of the Johnny the Stones. So that's incredible. It, look, I mean, you know, I, I'll go back to the story from a few years ago, three years ago, whatever, when people were thinking John Stones was on his way out. He was um, a deal apparently had been struck with Spurs for him to go out to go there on loan. With an, uh, I think there's an obligation to buy or something, but the fee was twenty million pounds. Twenty million pounds. <laughs> start off at City. I said, and I said it. It might have been two years ago. I said at the time, John, what John Stones needs is a run of games, and he's not had a run of games because of injuries. Okay, once he had a run of games, within a few months, people were talking about John Stones again. Quite rightly, one of the best centre backs 
in the world. And it was back to being worth 60 to 80 million quid. John Stones is that kind of player. Um, you know, uh, he's, he's just fantastic. I've, I've always been behind him. You can go and check my record. I've got the receipts on that somewhere. Uh, John Stones, I've said he's one of the best in the world. Ask Vincent Company what he thought about John Stones when he, that 2018 19 season, the formidable season, that was Vinnie Company's last season. If he could stay fit, he yeah. would be. Well, he is world class, but if he could stay fit and can, I mean, he's played 30, he started 30 of the 60 games this season. Uh, so that's half the games. Uh, well, there's no doubt. There's no doubt he will be up in the high forties at least, or even near Rodri at fifty odd for uh, starting if he, if he was a fit. If he was fit. Well, I, I'm glad that you chirped up, uh, Bernard, because it's time to talk about the goal. Now, listen, uh, I feel for Akanji. He desperately wants to score, but he came. He he came bursting through the midfield, and. Uh, at this point, there were some some people on Twitter who were calling for uh, Mares come on instead of Bernardo Silva. But I thought that Bernardo was a thorn in their side, especially in that second and a half. But there, there's something about Rodri. He's like a dead-eyed dick, isn't he? You've seen it before. Um, uh, I, can, I can remember at least two or three occasions where you had a similar situation where he's about 20 uh, yards out and he just arrows the ball in. Uh, He doesn't think twice about it. He doesn't overthink it. He doesn't lean back. He just sticks it in the corner. I've seen that, Bernard, uh, this season two or three times. And um, I, I, I have to say, it didn't really surprise me that much. What did you think about that goal? Well, it's, it's the art of passing the ball into the net, which we know Gundo's very good at. KDB can do it occasionally, uh, Bernardo. But uh, Rodri, you know, it wasn't a rocket, that's for sure. We had a little bit of luck leading up to I was panicking, actually, guys, because early early in the build-up to that goal, uh, Gundo was over the right-hand side of the D, which not far from us, really. I, I was only seven rows back anyway, so I got a good view of it. And I just thought it is. I just thought it is. his hand to control it now. Obviously, the goal came probably about 30 seconds after. Same same sort of run of play, if you like. So, if he had handballed it, I don't think there's any check on it or anything. I've not counted that. But if he had handballed it, of course, it would have been pulled back for that. But uh, that was on my mind as, as the ball was being pinballed around, as Akanji was there, Bernardo was there. Of course, Bernardo got the bit of luck of... I would like to think that he pulled it back to Rodri, but it didn't. Obviously, it took a deflection off the defender and ended up uh, going back out to Rodri. And what, what interested me was uh, some people were saying into a tiring a little bit at that time. And what interested me was the three defenders because none of them moved towards the ball. They all stood like in a line. They were there trying to block it. But if you think of Diaz or Stones, I, I would like to think that Diaz and Stones would have been moving Towards the ball to you know make themselves big to block it with their arms behind the backs you know I just I know it all happened very quickly but I just thought perhaps the inter defender should have, could have done a little bit better but Rodri just saw that little gap keeper was absolutely not going to get to this because the keeper couldn't see it and he just saw that little gap inside the post and a superb uh, a pass with pace of course but he passed it into that net it was absolutely majestic from where we Ray, were. we we talk about. Our Calvin Phillips and our Declan Rices and people like this, but I mean, Rodri is a—he's a—he's a freaking weapon, isn't he? Absolutely, um, guys. I was just eating my Turkish kebab, and Mike made sure <laughs> he joined. He, he, he mentioned my name and came to me just as 
I was um, eating the last piece. I just thought, you know, make Bernard feel back like he was back in Istanbul. <laughs> um, Rod was incredible, isn't he? He's got that unerring accuracy with his shots. Um, he's really, really accurate, I, I think. think. He's really, really good, isn't he? Uh, <laughs> um, you, I, I cast your minds back just over 12 months, 13 months. Last game of last season. And Rodri scores the equaliser. And talk about dead-eyed Dick. He was spot on, uh, right down. You know, um, not hit, he didn't hit it the hardest, but it's the position, it's that placement. He had just enough power with the right placement to score the goal. And it's the same. That was against Villa last season. Same against Inter. Right place, right time, right composure. And he just, like you guys have said, he just passed it into the net. A little bit of bend on it. Uh, get around the defender and passed it in and the goalkeeper he didn't, nobody moved nobody moved uh, it's as if they had the eyes closed and they didn't know what was going on um, but um, cue scenes of uh, mayhem uh, from the city players the city bench the city fans everybody went ballistic I know I mean guys I, I feel kind of a little bit of pride about this because I was the one I was the one that interviewed Sid Lowe about Rodri when he came to City and he said just you watch just you watch this guy's got something and he's going to prove it and he was right I mean, he, he is unerringly accurate from about 20 yards out to uh, Bernard but after that goal um, it seemed like they, they uh, from my point of view they were throwing the kitchen sink at us after that uh, and uh, they 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 were uh, very spirited and very very effective, and I was bricking it. I don't know what you thought. Yeah, I mean, what we were three quarters of the way through the game. I mean, what would you expect? I mean, you know, they're not Tottenham Hotspur, are they? I mean, I remember Tottenham yeah. against Liverpool. They were absolutely shocking, even though they were losing. He, he didn't know they did actually do anything. But yeah, I mean. Why not? Why not? You're 1-0 down in the Champions League final. You've got 22 minutes to pull it back plus injury time. Of course, you're going to go for it. And all credit to them, they did. They started uh, Route 1 a lot of the time. But it was only a couple of minutes later, really, when they had the, the very first uh, good chance of getting back into it as the ball smacked the bar. I think, uh, look, looking back, the commentator was calling it an Edison save, but he was nowhere near it. And then, of course, old Mr. Lukaku had come on. Lukaku had come on in, in the meantime. Um, and obviously with him, he's either world-class or he's a donkey. Fortunately, he was a bit of a donkey in this one. And as the guy followed up to, to sort of tap it in the net, uh, of course, it hits Lukaku and goes wide. But having said that, I think Diaz was on the line. I think Diaz yeah. would have saved it anyway because I think he was... You, you know, guys, wasn't yeah. that the best thing about that? The header out from um, from Ruben Diaz? Yeah. Well, yeah. The best thing was uh, Edison save. Because if Edison doesn't make that save, it's a goal. That was the best thing. And and Ruben Diaz, I don't think he really knew too much about him. I think you're blowing a bit too much smoke up his backside there, mate. I don't think he knew too much about well, him. Well, I mean, me and everyone else. Uh, it, was a good, uh, yeah. it, was, it was good. What he did was good, but... You had that idiot in the stands jumping up and down thinking they'd score. I saw on Twitter, wasn't it, that, that black guy who does that. I don't know who he is. He's a bit of a clown, isn't he? We talk, talked about him before. So he was jumping up and down saying, it's a goal, surely. And I must admit, from where we were, I was, I was surprised it had gone out for a corner. 
a football fan that made the video that you're talking about. I don't know who he is. I know who he is. I know who he is. He's a social media uh, yeah, genius, yeah, obviously, because yeah, yeah. he earns yeah. lots of money. So there you go. His name is. Uh, no. uh, I know who he is. His name is Dopey Tosswank. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, guys, have have I got my timing wrong? But wasn't it just after that that we got the like the David Silver like turn? From uh, Phil Foden, and he was straight in on goal. Play the minutes. They hit the bar in the seventieth minute. Then they <laughs> had the one. They had the one where uh, Edison stopped it, and we went wide for a core on seventy-three minutes. And then on seventy-seven minutes, Mike, I think this is what you're talking about. We had the Foden does everything, little turn into space, and then literally just passes it to an honor in goal, and that's basically what he did, unfortunately. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that, that. I mean that was a beautiful turn, wasn't it? Um, I, I, no, I'm you trying know what to think. Reminded me of if you think back to that Bernardo when he beat half the Liverpool team at Anfield that time. Yeah, that he, was he funny. Through to Foden and Foden cocks it up by not scoring. Now he could have. He could have. You know that was that ruined that. That could have been a lifelong. You know thing you'd watch again and again and again and again because it would have ended yeah. in goal. It was Phil Foden who missed it, and this time Phil Phil Phil, Phil Foden did a bit of magic, and he and he sort of fluffed his his lines as well. Now, Ray, this was this was really really funny because all the way through the game, I had been reading on social media that they were looking through the city lineup. And they were thinking, who's got a mistake in him? Who's got a mistake in him? And Kyle Walker uh, hadn't come on yet, so they couldn't blame him. But Ederson turned into a monster, Ray, a monster <laughs> in the last uh, in the last sort of like uh, six, seven minutes. Yeah, no, he, he, he's bringing saves out of nowhere. You know, I mean, um, it's crazy. I, I don't know how much you talk through these, you know. Last the save on seventy minutes. Obviously, then we talked about the the folding chance. Um, when we got down to the death, it it was like I couldn't believe it how how Inter weren't scoring. <laughs> that that was it wasn't just Edison. It, it, it's a combination of some poor play from Inter because they really should have scored. And obviously, uh, Big Ed doing some fan, fantastic saves. Look, I'm looking at one now where the uh, cross came in. Uh, from the left, went out to the right, crossed back in. And I don't know, was it, it looked like Bernardo Silver at the back post, or whoever it was, was too, too short. Interplay wanted it more. And in the box we had, in, around the edge of the six-yard box, they had three players, we had four. And it went through to, was it Lukaku? He, this is the one you talked about. But Edison was saving everything, the, the, the one that Diaz in the face afterwards. They were just saving everything, City. And, the the inter players and the subs just couldn't believe it. Um, well, a, Edison's a big lad in here. I mean, he's a big lad. He can fill that goal. I remember when I was a kid, I used to play. I used to play up. I used to play cricket in the back garden. What I used to, I had a contraption where I put the bat in front of like one and a half of the stumps. I had my stumps down there, and I put the bat in front. So if it, I started bowling at it. So if I didn't bowl to it, the sort of one and a half stumps, the bat would knock it out of the way. Yeah. And that's what Edison was doing. He was there big and massive, just blocking it. it. Literally, he didn't know a lot about it. It was just his shin or whatever part of his body it was. That's what he was doing. He was he was staying big. He wasn't... He wasn't I've seen but, but guys, the, the thing that annoyed me about this was the commentators who were saying, oh, Ederson didn't know too much about that. I mean, I, well, what are you talking about? I mean, he was beautiful positioning. 
Yeah, the goalkeeper positions himself right. I mean, Peter Schmeichel was was pretty legendary at it. He could he could block a ball and then make a second save very quickly afterwards. Edison, all Edison had to do was make sure he was positioned correctly in the goal, and the interplayers had to do something a little bit better than what they did, and he couldn't. So if he's positioned correctly and the ball's in his direction, there's a good chance he's going to stop it with some part of his body, and that's what a goalkeeper. You know, it's not all about catch. He did a fantastic catch, I remember, uh, in the 18-yard box towards the end. And, you know, just to relieve the pressure. Of course, he did that fantastic punch out, didn't he? Right yeah. at the right at the death, which was the end of the game, basically. Uh, fantastic. No, Edison. I mean, in my ratings, he was him and Stones were my highest rating players. Even though I did give it Rodri the man of the match because of the circumstance, but Stones and Edison for me were our best best players on the night. Yeah. Well, Ray, I don't know about you. I don't know what, what stream you were watching, but the one that I was watching anyway. Um, they, 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 before they started, you know, focusing on city players, they just went round the team, and every single Inter Milan player was crying and weeping and dying. And Lautaro Martinez, everyone, they were all down on their feet as if you know the world had ended. And um, let's face it, it was a game of football. But at the same time, I mean. Obviously, because I'm not a professional um, sportsman, but my goodness, uh, they do the drama, don't they, the Italians? Oh, absolutely. Uh, They're looking for um, anything uh, to get an advantage. Well, a lot of teams are these days. They look for anything to get an advantage. It's a bit (coughs) frustrating and annoying, uh, but it's just the way it is. You've got to, unfortunately, you've got to accept it now. That's uh, what people do. you know, they're looking for any small, slight advantage that they can get. And it doesn't matter how much you cheat, uh, which is a bit, bit of a shame, but it, obviously it is what it is now. I don't know, uh, Bernard, Tim. Uh, let's, let's, let's say a word at least about Inter. I, um, I was impressed with DeMarco, I think, uh, who I think was the left back, and um, uh, Barella, who... Um, was an aggressive player, but unfortunately just c- couldn't keep his shots down. But I think maybe those were the two uh, most impressive players in that particular team. Did you see anyone else that really impressed you? No, I think they were not let down, but I think people like the, the, the bull, the bull up top uh, has been performing pretty well this season. Lautaro, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Jekko was non-existent, wasn't he? I don't think, I, I don't remember ever seeing him there. I think defensively midfield, yeah, they, they had enough bodies in there to do a job and that, that's what they did. But I, I think they needed someone like, you know, Jekko, what, he's 37 now, he probably showed his age. And to be honest with you, as I said with Lukaku, I, I have seen him do stunning stuff uh, and we all have seen it. But unfortunately for every one of those, he probably does... Nine or ten absolute bang average or awful performances, and yeah, a couple of those, you know, a, a decent striker coming on at that stage. But it's it, it needed the strikers to do it when it mattered, and they just took, they just didn't. Simple as that. They just couldn't put that ball in the net uh, when it mattered. And uh, all credit to them, they, they they played well, and they probably punched above the weight all season uh, to get to this final. 
and they couldn't take it. And that's why I think the fans were probably not delighted, but happy because yeah, they, they had punched away, and it was just an achievement to get to the to the final. Uh, they would have loved to have won it, but they won it three times already, haven't they? So they won it three times. They shouldn't be greedy, should they? So, uh, you know, yeah, I think if I had won it three times, I might have been a bit more gracious if it got beat as well. But uh, no, no, credit to them. And I think uh, they just needed perhaps a little bit more up front uh, on the night. Uh, Ray, um, I've, had, I've had a very, very successful week on uh, on the pod for saying a few bad things about Manchester United but one thing that got me a whole lot of grief was that I uttered the opinion that I thought that Gundogan was fairly anonymous in this game I didn't think it was a controversial opinion but I got I got pelters for that was I wrong about what sorry about Gundogan being pretty much anonymous um, he was uh... What do you think, Bernard? Yeah, I mean, was, I mean what, was I two, wrong about I that? Three, I had three guys who were sort of pretty anonymous. I don't think Akanji played particularly well. Grealish didn't play particularly well. Uh, and Gundo had a quiet game. And they, they were like, but hey, it was part of a team effort at the end of the day. And you know, even though we, nothing was outstanding, I'm sure Gundo got on with bits that Pep had asked him to do. And sometimes if you don't see him, doesn't mean they're not doing out. It just means... Uh, uh, of course, he. You know, he oh my gosh, Bernard! I got pelters for that. People giving me dogs abuse for that, but I don't yeah. think that this was. I'm not going to criticize. I'm not going to criticize City players who just won the Champions League. Right, Kanji wasn't anything special, but what a season! Gundo wasn't yeah. anything special, but what a season! Yeah, I mean, oh, right. It's an accumulation, isn't it? It's an accumulation. It's all. It's all the adding ups, and uh, yeah, on the day. No, but he didn't need to be, did he? Because other guys did it, so it doesn't matter. Right. Let me ask you this question. This is a this is a really uh, uh, fascinating question. I think, <clears throat> anyway, in, in my personal opinion. Now, imagine that you're on the subs bench. You're like someone like Mares or Alvarez or someone like that. Now, your team goes out and wins the Champions League, and then they go absolutely buck crazy and start celebrating. How do you how do you think you would feel if you'd contributed to the season, of course, but you played no part in the final, and all these guys are are celebrating like crazy around you? How do you feel? Because they were criticizing Mares for not overly celebrating. I, I'm not sure that's exactly fair. I think there's a bit of both. There'll be a bit of both where you feel it inside because you wanted to play. You may have thought you deserved to play. Um, so I think you've got that and then you've also got the fact that you've just won the Champions League so I think I'd be kind of in between the two uh, I'd get caught up with it because hey you know if you if you are truly part of the group you'd get caught up with it and go bananas uh, I think that, mm-hmm. that should happen but you might not go you might not go Erling Haaland Jack Grealish kind of bananas who are going like 200%. You might go about 80 or 90%. And don't worry about Mares not celebrating. Jack Grealish and Haaland made up for the ones who didn't celebrate as much because they were doing business. I mean, like Cole Palmer, I didn't get any sort of visions of him going mad. He's, you know, obviously, he's been there a long time. He's, he's contributed a little bit. You know, and that's the sort of thing, isn't it? And Cole Palmer, you know, Scott Carson probably enjoyed it. It's his second Champions League medal. I mean, uh, that's not bad going. Well, uh... well, actually, actually, Bernard, did you see that that tweet? It was quite funny. Someone had uh, was trying to mock um, 
uh, Scott Carson by saying that he got two um, Champions League medals and he hadn't played in any of the games. And Carson uh, shot back, actually, actually, he played 90 minutes in the quarterfinal when Liverpool won it. So, um, um, uh, you know, I obviously they don't feel that they've got much to crow about if they didn't play in the final. But they all played their part. I mean, they all played their part. And it's not just about that final game, is it? No, of course it's not. It's, it's, just, it's a team. It's, it's not, you know, all the rubbish, there's no iron team. It's a team game. Uh, as I say, all right, Scott Carson's probably a, the exception. I think most of the guys on the bench have contributed some props more than Scott Car- Carson has, but that's not his role, is it? He's, he's, the, he's the chucklemeister, and he? he's the guy who keeps the morale up. So hopefully he was telling everybody at half-time that we're going to win this, guys. Don't worry about it. You know, but he was lifting our spirits. So that was enough. That was enough. You know, for me... I would have, I would have give I would have put Sergio on the like he did for Argentina, put him on the coaching staff and got him a medal as well. That's what I would have personally done. We all deserve medals. I think all all the fans deserve. We all deserve a medal. It's our team, but people like Mares, they're not they're not City supporters, are they? It's, it's they play for City, but they're not City supporters. So I'm not going to hold anything against anyone, but they all contribute in their own way. They're part of the squad and they're entitled to a medal. They get a medal. Simple as that. I mean, that if you think back to the to the guys who only got one recently for the sixty seven sixty eight championship, who would played four or five games, and obviously yeah, they, they they gave them the medal like five yeah. years too late, well, didn't they? Didn't get, you didn't get a medal for that a number of appearances, but they relented and then they got the medals. And how fantastic must they feel, even though they only only played uh, you know a handful of games? So yeah, why not? It's fantastic. Is uh, Ray so. Ray did it did, did it give you uh, a little bit of sadistic pleasure? In the fact that, you know, City have been rolling teams all year. They've been beating them three and four. But when we finally won it, when we finally did it, we had to scrap it and 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 really uh, really grip it out. But let's let's go back into other seasons in the Champions League, okay? When we've been a better team than our opponents, you know, and we should have won on. I mean, we can we can go right back to Monaco for that. Monaco, we should have beat them. I think it was Leroy Sani missed the goal when we were winning five three at home, and I said you might live to regret that. You know, at the time we were it was we were euphoric. We said, hey, we just beat them five three, but I said, you know, you might live to regret missing that chance at the end, and people weren't bothered. Uh, you look at what happened at Spurs. You look at what happened in Lyon. Cheated against Liverpool. Yeah, cheated by the, the 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 officials against Liverpool and UEFA or whatever. Uh, what happened against Real Madrid last year? So when we've been the better team, we've not won it. When we've gone into games really, you know, miles clear, we've not done it. And uh, this time we put in a, a an average performance. But this is testament to how good we are. We put in a, an average performance. Some might say bang average performance. And we looked it out because, hey, we got our goal. Yes, we had a couple of other good chances, but look what they missed. Look at just those three, I think, from Martinez when he was uh, the uh, poor back pass. Uh, look at the Lukaku header uh, and the, the crossbar hit at the end. You know, those th- three things, uh, I mean, you know, we could, we could have lost three goals there. And somehow, uh, our defence <laughs> stayed uh, strong. They stayed firm. And we we got the look um, that we maybe haven't been getting. In and I, I remember Bernard specifically saying 
in the pod, not this pod, the the, the one before last, we're going to need a little bit of luck. Because uh, if you look at like pretty much most of the teams that have won the Champions League, they've got a little bit of luck. And Bernard, this time we, we got a little bit of luck. Yeah, fully deserves to say it's... Uh... I don't, you know, Liverpool can probably hands on art, United hands on art. I mean, they, they can't, they can't, oh, we won it, we won all these trophies, uh, playing brilliant football, utter garbage. Of course, they didn't, they needed, they needed luck on the way. United's treble, you know, they didn't need any luck to beat Newcastle in the FA Cup final, but I'll tell you what, Arsenal were by far the better team in the semi final. How they got through that semi final is beyond me. How they beat Bayern Munich in the final is beyond me. So, I mean, you, you don't, so you talk about luck, uh, I'm sorry, that, that was a, you know, there was a lot of luck in that trouble, and you need it. You need, you need luck to win cups, and that's what it, the, the league title over thirty-eight games. There are elements of luck throughout a season, of course, yeah. But as you say, they even themselves out. Of course, they do. But in a one-off game against a good team who's got to the final, like you, like United in the FA Cup final, anything can happen. It doesn't. It doesn't matter if you don't put it to bed, which is difficult because it's the tough games. Uh, anything can happen in a couple of minutes as you asked United in 99 against Bayern Munich. You know, that that was a travesty. I actually watched that. I remember watching that. I don't know why. I never usually watched uh, United games in the 90s. Too depressing having watching City. You know, we were, we hadn't played our playoff final when that was on. So I was looking forward to that. But I remember watching it. I was devastated, absolutely devastated how Bayern Munich didn't win that game. Uh, you need Guys, now, now it's time for a. A confession from me because I know how much Ray hates this, but I do it to him anyway. Is like um, we're going to talk a little bit about the reaction to the game, and um, so obviously, right. <laughs> obviously, all the reactions were coming in from the opposite supporters, and I thought, "Am I going to do it? Am I going to do it? Yeah, I'm going to do it." And I knew Ray would hate it, so I, <laughs> I put up this. I put up the reactions of um, of. Um, of the Anfield rap and particularly Mark Goldbridge. And it was just, guys, I have to tell you, never before in the history of Bolt from the Blue have I got so many followers um, in that. And uh, the reason that we got all those followers was because I put up this statistic. I don't know if you've seen it. And the statistic said... Uh, it, it it came from um, um, uh, another uh, another city supporter. I, I I quoted him when I, when I put it up. I didn't see it, and it was the fact that since 1987, um, in 1987, the best played uh, the best paid player in the world, or the, the the player who was bought for the most amount of money was six million, and the the, the British record at the time was uh, 3.2 million. Right. Now in the 10 in the 10 years that Ferguson was at Man United, he broke the British record transfer fee 14 times and broke the world record 25 times. And that got me about like I don't know about three hundred well, followers. It costs a lot these homegrown players, you know. They're not cheap. These, these are homegrown players. players. <laughs> and I, I, I thought I'm, I'm, I've got to, I'm, I'm gonna get a rise out of Ray. But he was actually, he was actually quite calm. I didn't get, I didn't get too much of a response from that. But Ray, the re, what, what did you, what did you make of the reaction to the the Man City win? Well, you weren't going to get much of a response from your Monday morning, mate. Uh, but that's reaction, true. That's that's true. The general reaction to City winning 
was like the world had fallen down. Um, I know. Football those, is over. All those rumpled, stiltskin, Man United, Liverpool and Arsenal fans, balling. Honestly, they were balling their eyes out about the 115 charge. That's all they had. That's they had, Well, mostly. Mostly what they had, uh, 90% was 115 charges. 115 charges. 115 charges. That's all you would see all over social media. Cheats. You know, a bit of that all money, but 115 charges everywhere you looked. I did put my And own- Mark Goldsmith, he said, um, oh, look, at the end of the game, there, there's, there's, he, he said, um, there's no Jack Grealish, he's crying on the pitch. Mate, you bought it. You bought it. That's what he said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, look, they've got, I, I, I'll go back. I'll go back to what I said in 2017-18. They can't beat us off the pitch. So they talk about anything but what goes on the pitch. They talked back then about empty hat. They talked about, you know, the financial dope in FFP. They talk about anything they can because they can't talk about the football because our, our talking about football, we do it on the pitch and we put everybody else to shame. So they have to focus on something else because that's the only way in their tiny little minds they feel that they've got some moral higher ground or that they've been, they've been wronged by City. You know, and that it's unfair. Go to hell. When you have the money, you spend the money, you could spend more than anybody else. You attracted the best players. You know, look, United poached gigs from Man City. They were poaching their, their famed academy players. Gigs didn't come from uh, were, uh, through the Manchester United Academy at an early age. Um, no, neither did um, um, uh, uh, Roy Keane either. He came from Ireland. Yeah, Roy Keane, Beckham. These are not beckons from what Dagenham or something, you know. They're not um, local lads. Yes, they might have done some work, you know, through the academy, but most of their lives prior to that were uh, away from uh, Manchester United. So, um, so it was all a bit of a meltdown on social media. People saying we're cheats and this and that. You know, some people stepped over the line, but look, look we just uh, enjoy lapping up their tears because that's it's just bitter tears. They've got nothing else. As I said, they've got nothing else to talk about. So they come back to the same old, same old, same old. And, you- and, and uh, Bernard, it, it was it was incredible, wasn't it? Because you had these uh, people, uh, people like Ian Ladyman and Oliver Holt, who had given us pelters all the way through the season. And then and then at the end, they, they, they did these articles which were split in two. And the first half was... Oh, they're great, you know, the fantastic team, Pep's built oh. the team. But and then then you got the rest after that. And um it was quite funny. I think I I I, I copied uh, Bernard and Ray into this message that um, someone had sent me and they'd said, Well, what what do we do now, Bernard? Because we've won like four league cups, we've won three FA Cups, we've won six um championships we've now won uh the champions league and someone said to me like so 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 what now and my answer was world domination so i mean what 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 what's next bernard yeah i think pep Pep will be looking for that in the players Uh, and of course there's a lot of rumors about a lot of players leaving and uh, Pep will be wanting these players to, to be hungry to, to go better. As you say, he puts a lot of stock in these Super Cups and World Club Cups. I mean, I'm not bothered either way. 
But, you know, why not? He's there for another two years that we know of. So, you know, why not another two years of domination before perhaps we have to think about, oh, dear, what's around the corner? But uh, I'm sure we'll be all right. But, uh, hey, it doesn't end, does it? It didn't end for United, did it, in 99? He carried on regardless. Still won a few things after that. Uh, didn't didn't ruin our world too much. We were singing, you can stick your effing treble up your bum when we were at Wembley in the playoff final. And, and we meant it. I mean, we weren't singing it for the sake of it. We actually physically meant that. It didn't, uh, us winning that playoff final for us was, was, was better than their treble, you know, but what have they got? They've, was it the Mickey Mouse Cup? Was the League Cup better than yeah. ours this year? Probably not. But Well, I think what, one, one thing that was quite funny was when uh, they compared the 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 actual uh, records of no comparison. Um, our, our treble is better. They can say what they want. They can say our treble is far better. I've in terms of goals scored, goals conceded, yeah. win percentages, and everything. Statistically, ours is better. And even if you think back to the word luck and stuff, uh, and even on that scale, we deserved it more than they deserved their treble. So Sodom. But we well, listen, guys. If it, if you want to know. Uh, what we think about the future? You've got to go over to City Fan TV on uh, on uh, YouTube, and uh, you're going to see some really interesting uh, little discussions about uh, Ray and certain of his cohorts uh, talking about what might lie in the future. But um, guys, as we bring this pod to uh, conclusion. Let's have some final thoughts, and let's start off with Ray. Ray, final thoughts. Well, we—it's been a long time coming. We've been, you know, uh, we've been the nearly men. You know, plenty of Champions League semi-finals. The noisy neighbours. Well, we're not noisy neighbours. We we're a bit more humble about it now. We take it in our stride. They're noisy. You know, see, Ferguson said it when we were up and coming. He called us noisy neighbours. But United are no one in sight, really. So, and they're noisy for no reason. We were noisy, a bit noisy when we were coming up because we knew we were we were going places. We were going to take them. We, and we took them apart. We took them to cleaners. Um, but United now, they're noisy for, for, without much reason. Um, so, yeah, I'm just uh, glad that we finally did it. Got the monkey off our back. We go into next season. You know, we're moving up the table of um, trophy winners. I think are we level with Aston Villa now in the league? Can't remember now. We 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 just uh, overtook uh, Chelsea, I think. Is that in total trophies or in, in terms of the major trophies won? Yeah, I, I think we're no, I think we're still one or two behind Chelsea. We've overtook Villa away ages ago. Uh, did we 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 overtook Aston Villa? I think we're number four, right? Yeah, well, we're, we're well up there because we're not in the league. We'll take Chelsea in the next two or three years, and they carry on with their carnage. Well, I, yeah. I think. Uh, in, in the in league titles, in league titles now, we are joint fourth with Everton. I think we've won nine. They've had seven runners up. We've had six, uh, if I'm right. So we've had nine titles and hopefully next season we'll have 10. I mean, Arsenal have only got 13. Arsenal have only got 13. So you know, we've oh, got, got the history though, mate. They've got they've got the history in class though, don't forget. I forgot about that, mate. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> don't forget, guys, we, we don't have any history. Not since two thousand and eight. Absolutely. Uh ours has all been bought, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Well let let's ask Bernard for some final thoughts. Yeah, I'll tell you what I got. I didn't I, before the match in the in the fan park, I was I was I got very emotional. I was I was actually 
in tears just chatting about things. I was going on about I want I want Aguero on the pitch. I want Vincent Company on the pitch. I want all these celebrated after we win it. And I got really emotional. As we won it, I was emotional, but not quite as much. I just wanted, as Ray said, the monkey, the monkey off our back. I just wanted to win it. I'm happy now. Um, right, we, we, we could, of course, I want to go on to win more next year. But, but I'm happy for now. I say, come end of July, August, I'll be probably we'll be probably slagging our boys. I'll say you could have made more of an effort, guys, to do that. <laughs> but uh, at this point, in time, I'm just going to enjoy the next four or five weeks. I'm going to do a lot of history stuff, of course, on my little feature and. I've got a few summing up to the season to do. Oh, we we've um, got plans for you, Bernard. Yeah, Don't so worry. I've got, I've got lots to do, and but I'm just going to take my time, enjoy it, and enjoy being the tremble, you know, winning the tremble because that's what we called it, and the trembles become yeah. the treble. So we're, we're happy. Well, 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 guys. One thing you that you Bern- to a treble. <laughs> <laughs> one thing that Bernard probably missed um, because he was out there, and we were watching it on TV, was one thing that I thought was very gratifying. It was actually. Um, uh, Aguero and Tevez watching the goal go in. I don't know if you've seen this video. Yeah. These two were like arms around each other watching the goal go in, and it's it's amazing, guys. And um, the the our, our former players, the way that they st- they still have this loyalty is is amazing. That's probably one of the reasons why Jeco didn't play that well, but. Um, <laughs> The, I think the, most clubs, most clubs will have it, mate. We just don't see other teams' players doing it. I mean, United, obviously, their their oppos are banging on twenty years later, aren't they? Even though the crap, but uh, all clubs have it. But we we have a special a special place in our heart for all our ex players, and that as as we say, the old statues around the Etihad, they'd be like the terracotta warriors if we put statues up to everyone. We'd like to. Uh, it's never going to happen, but uh, happy days. I, I think we love that. We love our ex-players as well. Well, one or two exceptions. Yeah. Well, Mike, well, I'll tell you what, Mike, Mike will be gunning for Riyad Mahrez to get a <laughs> I, I didn't see Sammy Naz. I didn't see Sammy Nasri anywhere celebrating anyway. Well, although he did send a tweet. He did send oh, a tweet. Because right. uh, Ray sent that to me. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Ray, just to finish off with, um, obviously... Um, it's the end of the competitive season. What can fans of um, uh, City Fan TV and Bolt from the Blue expect from us uh, over the summer, if anything? Yeah, no, I think uh, over the next few weeks, uh, we will be talking about various players, about their the potential for them to leave us here. There's a lots of rumours going on. I can rattle off loads of players like Mares, Gundogan, uh, Bernardo Silva, a. Merrick Laporte, Cole Palmer, uh, Peroni. Uh, is it Peroni? Is <laughs> that a drink? Uh, Calvin Phillips, uh, Gomez, the left back. You know, what are these guys going to do? McAtee, is he coming back? Tommy Doyle, is he coming back? Will we exercise the uh, option on uh, getting um, uh, Romeo Lavia back at City? You know, is Gavardiol coming? So we're going to look at a lot of these players and look at the possibilities, the potential of them coming here. You know, uh, Declan Rice, we did a video on him today, is, you know, the, what's the like possibilities of him coming? What's the benefit to City or, and to the player um, and to West Ham of him coming to City? So lots and lots of players um, to, to discuss on transfer stuff. And obviously, when things happen, if they happen uh, on, on a financial uh, side of things, we'll, we'll be here to talk about that. So we'll look at what, you know, try to look at, 
important stuff and, and separate the wheat from the chaff. And, you know, I'm not on the pop of other channels, but they're quite happy to talk, talk about the chaff. But I want to focus on as much wheat as possible. Uh, you know, keep it sensible. Uh, I've said it many times. We're old fellas. We, you know, we don't need, we're in it for different reasons. We don't need all that hyperbole. Uh, and, um, you know, we, we, we don't need to exaggerate or do things simply for hits and clicks and stuff. You know, um, we're happy not to be popular. Yeah, guys, we're, we, we've got our loyal little niche and uh, we love you. And, uh, I promise you, you haven't heard the last of us. We'll be, we'll be, we'll be back on uh, uh, bothering you again with all of our thoughts. But um, it's been a fantastic pod. I've really enjoyed this. It's been very, very therapeutic. And um, I guess um, we'll we'll wrap it up for now. But uh, but uh, let you know that we'll be back with you very, very soon. I promise you that. So um. Guys, I think we'll 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 just finish off in the normal way. You've you've been listening to uh, Ray Bubbles. You've been listening to um, uh, our other uh, friend here, Bernard Deneen. Uh, uh, we are Bolt from the Blue, and you will hear from us very soon. So we'll finish off in the normal way by saying, "Have one on us, and up the blues." Well, up the blues. blues.